Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Shap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. And by Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. We partner with you to deliver high-yield results by managing, developing, and investing in top-quality hospitality assets. And now, from the short grass, here is your host, Trey Schaap. Welcome to another edition of From the Short Grass. Happy New Year 2022 is here, and I hope you have made some New Year's resolutions to include playing a little more golf, getting out on the golf course a little bit more here in 2022. For those of you that picked up the game during COVID, hopefully we will get over this pandemic sometime in the year of 2022 and we can get away from wearing the mask and go out and just have a fun time and get on the course and play some more golf. Coming up in this edition of From the Short Grass, I sit down with Texas A&M women's basketball coach Gary Blair. Coach Blair announced his retirement earlier this year, and he loves the game of golf. He lives on the Traditions Club there in College Station, Texas. And anybody that has played their Traditions course and knows Coach Blair, he always has the fridge stocked on the back porch. You'll hear about that in my interview with him. But first, I want to tell you about Blackman Auctions, one of our great sponsors of From the Short Grass. BlackmanAuctions.com. Find all the information there about their upcoming auctions. Since 1938, better auctions have been Blackman Auctions. We're back with more from the short grass after this. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary colorful rooms with high quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. Trey asked me to sponsor a show for another few months. Even though I don't like golf, I do like his show. I have no idea how he gets the awesome variety of guests on his show, but it is entertaining and informative even for a horrible golfer like myself. I'm learning a lot about the game and about the passion for playing. So much so, I've started using my country club for more than Sunday brunch. Trey makes golf interesting. I make auctions interesting. For auctions, listen to me. For golf, listen to Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Welcome back to From the Short Grass. In his 32 years as a collegiate head coach, Gary Blair has only suffered one losing season. He's reached postseason play 28 times, including 23 NCAA tournament appearances and two Final Four appearances. The first one in 1998 at Arkansas, the second one in 2011 at Texas A&M when he led the Aggies to their NCAA championship. He was inducted into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame in 2013, and he is a current nominee for the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. On the tee, 
Gary Blair. Coach Blair, thanks for joining me on From the Short Grass. You love the game of golf. Probably because I do not have the patience to hunt or fish. Maybe after I retire, I'll take them up because my wife is a fisherwoman or fisher person. Okay. And she's very good, loves to go to Port Aransas, catch the reds or the trout or the flounders or the drum. And she was basically uh, Angler of the Year down there in South Texas. Really? And so hopefully she's going to be able to teach me the patience that you have to have. Does she go with you on the golf course and fish some of the ponds? No, but (laughs) uh, she is learning how to play golf, too. Okay. She's an ex-shortstop. It won't take her long. You've got a house on the fifth hole at the Traditions Club. It's now the third hole. It's now the third? They've changed it? They changed it back to the original thing. Okay. Because when they opened up and one and two usually were three over after two holes. <laughs> and so they moved that back to eight and nine. Okay. And so they're opening up ours. I'm the third hole now. People can get their drinks early now because I've been told, and you told me before too, that hey, when you get to my house, the back porch is open, there's a fridge there, and it's fully stocked. It's usually fully stocked, but now after the third hole, they think, well, it's okay, I'm playing all right. But when you'd go through those first four holes, and the slope is 146 from the Blacks, I play the goals now, which is the senior team, 142. Try that on for size sometimes, golfers. It's a Jack Nicklaus course, and you better have your game together because it's a shop maker's course. You better be able to bend it every which way you can. And it's like playing a Pleasant Valley or playing an Elotion. Okay, so you better have your game together and keep your excuses in your back pocket because you're going to need a few. Tell me about a lotion. A lotion, it's like you never see another hole. You're playing that hole. You're not necessarily going parallel and seeing people come at you all the time and you're worrying about a ball coming over the trees. You're playing the beauty of each hole. Mm Mm-hmm. It is also a shot maker's course where you can play the game if you're a little bit shorter like me or Foley, or if you're long and narrow, you can be rewarded by hit, but eventually you guys that hit it long, you're going to have to put that wedge in your hand, okay? And if you miss the green, I'm even with you because <laughs> I might be missing that green, but I'm going to trust my short game over your short game. Right. I'm going to admire your boom game but at the same time i admire the ones dechambeau wouldn't win in everything that he takes tiger had to change his game and he's done very well uh but a lotion it's a treasure more and more people need to be able to play it but it's a private club and it's hard to get on but it's very well taken care of when you were at arkansas what courses did you play up in northwest arkansas Paradise Valley Mm -hmm. and Fayetteville Country Club. And then I would go out to what used to be called Champions is now Pinnacle. Pinnacle. Mm -hmm. Those were my three favorite. And then I'd go down to Little Rock and play a lot of Pleasant Valley. Pleasant Valley fit my game better because that's also more of a shop maker's course. And it's always good that I had a few Razorback friends that get me on free. That's a that's a coaching thing. Right. We're all about being scholarship, just like our athletes. Exactly, exactly. I understand you put on a golf tournament 
every year. 28. But you don't play in it. You go and you think the, the groups and the players that have come to participate in your tournament. Well, for the 10 years in Arkansas I started, I played in it every okay. year, either the morning or the afternoon. Then I wanted to make sure all the golfers were having the best time they could be. Or I might sit there and go around and hit a ball. And if they were playing slow, and particularly if I knew it wasn't a championship group, I'd say, you got a birdie on this hole, go the next hole, because I had to have everybody playing (laughs) to keep everything in, because nobody likes to play a a five-and-a-half-hour round in a scramble. But I learned a lot about golf tournaments there uh, and playing at Paradise, and then all of a sudden got to A&M, started up. We tried uh, a couple clubs until Traditions was built, and it's been out there. We sell out every year. I love doing it. We raise money for Coach Blair Charities, which is 90% going to Special Olympics. We're able to help the three local teams go to their state and national tournaments. And there's uh, other charities that I can donate to as well. We do a thing over there for the Bahamas. Uh, i got a friend of mine, Sam Nichols, who's the weatherman there in Abilene. He's been running that for 16 years, and so we donate money, and they're going to the worst part of the Bahamas over there and putting tennis shoes on kids and doing clinics. These are my way of giving back. But it all started at Stephen F. Austin when our kids got a chance to go out and put medals on the state tournament of the Olympians that were playing in Special Olympics, and it just gets to you. If you've never put a medal on a kid's neck that didn't win first, if they finish fourth, fifth, or sixth, that's just like finishing first. That's why they're called Special Olympians, and I wish some of today's kids would understand it's not all about being number one all the time. It's about being able to compete whether you're on the golf course shooting 103 or you're shooting a 78 or on the basketball court playing UALR or playing South Carolina. It's about the competition, trying to get better, being the best you can be for the 40 minutes that we play or the four hours that hopefully we play the golf game in. I heard a story, and I want to get your take on it, that one day at your golf tournament, you rolled up to a group of four guys and you said, all right, guys, I got a bet for you. I'm going to hit a drive. If you outdrive me, I've got tickets to Texas A&M, Alabama with a parking pass. But if you can't outdrive me, you all have to buy season tickets to women's basketball. Yes, and it happened. They yeah. all bought season tickets they to women's season, basketball. They bought season was tickets. Was that the best tee shot you've ever hit in your life? Oh, it was probably, I picked my group. <laughs> <laughs> I can offer the chance. It's all about getting it right on the first tee. Yeah. All right. That's how you get your matches done. Whether you're giving strokes or getting strokes or setting up bets. I used to learn a lot of that when I went to Razorback Clubs at the course in Pine Bluffs. Harbor Oaks. Yeah, okay. The guys there, I used to call the Sopranos down there that on the course. They had the mafia-looking hair back and everything, and they'd bet on every shot down there. But those were great guys. We'd have the Razorback Club meeting there at night, play golf in the day, and I just loved having the fun. But 
I did it at an A&M club down at Lake Jackson. You remember Tin Cup, mm-hmm. the movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, the shot that Costner did through, and who was it? Uh, Bob um, McCord or whatever his name is. Gary announced. McCord. Gary McCord. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the bet was made that he couldn't, he could get those birds to move off if he could line one through. I did that at Lake Jackson with a group I was playing with in a scramble. And I got over there and said, hey, if I could make that bird fly off of that thing. And it was probably about a 90-yard shot. And I went out there and got a little hybrid and hit a low liner. And I got three season tickets bought that day. Okay, I was going to have to buy drinks in there afterwards. Right. But I hit the shot. The bird flew up. And that was probably the greatest shot I've ever hit in golf. <laughs> hit a low skimmer and make that bird get off. But see, you're a salesman. You know how to get people in. I always said I'd hate to do it as a living, but this is what I do. When I first took the job here, I was going door to door. Mm-hmm. I was standing out in front of Walmart trying to get people. This is a football town. Mm-hmm. This is an Aggie town. And then whatever sport is in season, we take our slice of the pie. It's no sense griping about this is a football state. Whether it's the Cowboys or Friday Night Lights or A&M, Texas or whatever, you have to grow the game of basketball. And in the state of Texas, there's so many good basketball programs, high school, college, junior college, and pros. Okay, in the men's side, can you name me the only team that's won a national championship? Baylor. Give me the other one. That just happened. That was a, only one other team that has won the national championship. And I'll give you a hint. Nolan Richardson played for him. Texas Westland. Yeah, Texas Western. Western. Texas with, Western. With Dom Haskins as the yeah. coach. So all those great programs yeah. until last year's Baylor team, it was Don Haskins. Isn't that something? And Latta played for him, and I can't remember all of them. But when I was at Arkansas, Nolan had Haskins come to one of the practice and talked to the team afterwards, and a lot of coaches were around. And, of course, I jumped in. I had to hear the bear. And it was pretty special. Did you ever play golf with Nolan? Yeah. He would outdrive me about 80. (laughs) (laughs) But he's a very good golfer. The thing about Nolan, he would force his assistants to play with him as well. Mike and his son, or Stelic, who's a good stick, and they'd have to play. But he says, boys, you're coming to the tips. You're going to play from the tips and learn how to play this game. If you're going to be a coach, you're going to learn how to do it right. Well, I didn't play Nolan from the tips. I played for the (laughs) members team at Pleasant Valley when I did get a chance to play with him. But he was a good stroke, good short game, and that's how you learned how to play golf. If you were on Nolan's staff, you better be able to tee it up, and you were going to lose money to him. He would spot you, but most of the time you were going to lose. Mm. He told me that John Daly would come by his house there on number two at Paradise Valley, and he knew when John Daly needed lunch money because he would ask Coach if he had time to come play because he knew he was going to play for for bet, Mm -hmm. play for a little bit of cash, but – he said that's when John Daly needed lunch money when he would ask me if he, if I could come play golf. And how many times did Dolan get his dinner money? <laughs> <laughs> but Daly was a great player. And just think, if I'm not mistaken, do my research, 
Southwest Conference tournament was here in town, and I think John Daly played for it uh, across the way. It's going into my getting my pecans and paradise valleys over there, and I think the tournament was here in College Station at the time. I think it was too. But here's the thing: Nolan ran the best college golf tournament in the country he told me about some of the coaches that came in for that oh my gosh goodness. and i had so much fun playing and he would always set up a game the next day where just coaches were playing for a little chump change he said espn would carry it yes. back in the day oh and the party that night usually it was men only a few women would be in there commentators and boy some of the guys would get up there and grab the mic and take over the auction Oh, uh, boy. There, it was a sight to behold. Best golf course you've ever played? Uh, my favorite golf course I ever played is uh, uh, Pebble Beach. It's not the best manicured because of the conditions of the weather that it brings. Mm-hmm. But I could tell you ever shot on there. I shot my age this summer on, it's called the Pebble Beach Municipal. Okay. It's at Pacific Grove. Yeah. In the nine holes or along the ocean. And, of course, it doesn't cost you the 600 to play that it does at Pebble Beach. Yeah, Pebble and, Beach is a little a little and, steep. And uh, the drinks afterwards at the lounge or bed. Well, and you're That's, staying at the lodge as well. Uh, well, when I took a group of traveling Aggies, we stayed at Spanish Bay. Okay. Well, that's a nice place to stay. Which you could still get the ride, and that's good. But that's my bucket list going forward. I shot a 76 out there, and that's how old I am. I hadn't been able to do it way back in the day. Of course, my age wasn't there. Right. I could get down and hit a 74 every now and then, but I was about 30 years old or so. But now that is my goal going forward is to shoot my age every year. And that means I'm probably going to have to play somewhere else besides traditions. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to be able to shoot it until I'm 109. Have you ever played Augusta? No, but I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> my calendar I always, it's going to be open after march well first of april thought when we went to the final four at arkansas in 98 frank Broyles and stevens were the only two members from the state of arkansas and all of a sudden we got to the final and betsy Broyles, his daughter and the family came up but frank didn't come to the game in kansas city i kept thinking damn if we'd have won the game maybe i would have got my only invite to play there 2006, we go, Joe McEwen and I get tickets, opening day, John Daly's playing in it, opening mm-hmm. day on Thursday. All of a sudden, we played, and we had a heck of a time, and we're going by the tent, and who's walking out is Frank Brawls. He's fixing to go out of the tent, and Joe McEwen and I are sitting there like little teenagers waiting for an autograph, and we pleasantries, how you doing, Frank? And God, first time here, great course. We never got invited into the tent. Oh, my gosh. So I didn't get into the tent, but uh, I got to see John Daly hit an eagle from the middle of the fairway. Two groups later, here comes Tiger. He had to lay up, and he laid up. It was in a divot. I mean, but these are pros. Mm -hmm. He hit that divot. It chunked right into the water. So I saw one of the greatest shots, and I saw one of the shots that you and I would hit. Yeah. Tiger, John Daly, wow. didn't get any better than me and Ed Augusta. No, I know there was a head coach in 1994 after he won a national championship that Frank Broyles and 
Mr. Stevens took him to Augusta. Yeah, it wasn't me. <laughs> uh, he deserved it because that's special. I also know another coach that you will coach against this year that had it written into his contract at Washington that if he ever won the national championship, he would get to go to Augusta, Mike well, Neighbors. All I want to be in is Mike Neighbors' foursome. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got a lot more years. So he's got 15 well, I don't know years. if he has that in his contract at Arkansas, though. Well, he better negotiate. <laughs> uh, that's a great thing that it should be in the contract. You've got to have a few perks because I look around and all the coaches changes. People are moving right and left for – either fan base or more money and here Kelly at Notre Dame's going to LSU yep. and Lincoln Riley's going, going to, to USC. Yes. Yep, USC. I never have taken a job because of money. I've taken it because of opportunity. And when I left Arkansas, I was completely happy. Underpaid, but completely happy. I know. And I don't want to get into all that because I know the details and I still can't believe they did what they did, but I'm glad it worked out for you. No, I got a chance to come back to my own state. Yeah. It was sort of like when Roy Williams was at Kansas. Mm-hmm. Had he a chance to go home. Got a chance to go home. And that's the, the main reason, because I loved Arkansas. Have you ever made a hole-in-one? Three. Pinehurst, course four, okay. hole six, par three, nine wood, downhill. Took a group of traveling Aggies, about 25 of us there. That's my first hole-in-one, and I was probably about 63, 64 at the time. And then at Traditions, nine wood again, hole number two, that is now number nine. Okay. The par three, you got to cross the thing, and you could not, pin was back right, you could not see it go in, and all of a sudden we get up there and I don't see a ball on the green. And the guy that was with me walked around, sort of like Sellers on Pink Panther, mm-hmm. creeped around, yeah, yeah. and he looked around, and then all of a sudden he pulls the ball oh, up. Oh, wow. That was very similar to what Steve Stevens did when I had a hole-in-one at Pinehurst. And then a year later, I had one at Traditions. I had one on number seven with a nine wood again. Pin tucked back right, couldn't see it go in. And the left-hander that hit right after me had a beautiful hook in there. We go up there, and I'm thinking, I'm on the green somewhere. And I go up, and I holler at Ted, you've got a hole-in-one. It was going to be his first. I went up to mark my ball, and it, and it was, was his, his ball. ball <laughs> and I felt so guilty. Mine was in the Oh, <laughs> and man. I took it. Of course. I took it, but I've been fortunate. If you could play with a fantasy foursome, who would it be? Well, I'd have to have Gary Lay in it from Little Rock because mm-hmm. I know I can beat Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd put Joe Foley in it, my boy Westboard, NC State, uh, Schaefer at Texas, Joe McEwen at uh, Northwestern. I'd have to play a six of Mike Neighbors at Arkansas. We would have to take some strokes from Schaefer, but everybody else should be playing even up and telling a lot of stories and lies. I don't need to play with Jack Nicholas or, or that. You give me that group. The stories are going to come and the trash talking is going to begin. 
With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square District of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary, colorful rooms with high-quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. Trey asked me to sponsor a show for another few months. Even though I don't like golf, I do like his show. I have no idea how he gets the awesome variety of guests on his show, but it is entertaining and informative even for a horrible golfer like myself. I'm learning a lot about the game and about the passion for playing. So much so, I've started using my country club for more than Sunday brunch. Trey makes golf interesting. I make auctions interesting. For auctions, listen to me. For golf, listen to Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Welcome back to From the Shortgrass. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels is one of our great sponsors here on From the Shortgrass. When you're traveling around the state of Arkansas, even outside the state of Arkansas, make sure before you book your next hotel stay, you go to bphotels.com, look at their list of properties, and find one that will fit your needs. That's Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. On the tee with our weekly rules segment, it's PGA Master Professional Adam Carney. Adam, this comes in from Brad in North Little Rock at fromtheshortgrass at gmail.com. Brad says, I hit a bad shot, and there is one tree to the right of the green that I am playing. The ball never comes down. What are my options? Well, this is actually fairly common. I think we saw one with Jordan Spieth this year, I believe if I'm not so. mistaken. The player is still responsible to identify his golf ball. If you can see a ball in the tree, it doesn't mean it is the ball in the tree so he's going to have to take whatever steps he deems necessary to identify his golf ball i've seen players use uh, binoculars from spectators to be able to identify their golf ball seen players climb trees the rules do allow you to say okay i'm declaring this ball unplayable okay okay whether that's my ball or not i don't know if it is or not but i'm going to climb this tree and find out if that's my golf ball but just so everyone knows right here, right now, I'm declaring this ball unplayable. So if he climbs the tree and the ball falls out of the tree in the process of him climbing the tree, he's declared it unplayable already. He's not caused his ball to move to where he'd be penalized and have to replace it. If you're able to identify your golf ball, but you can't get it, you can declare it unplayable as well. So in most cases, um, a player is going that can identify his ball or the ball falls out of the tree as a result of him taking some action to identify his golf ball the ball's gonna be declared unplayable at which point you're going to take a spot immediately below where the ball is in the tree Mm -hmm. and you're going to drop that ball under the unplayable ball rule which by the way is one of the three instances in which a player is allowed to drop a ball on the putting green there are only three and that's one of them if the tree is overhanging the putting green and the ball is at a spot there immediately below it is putting green he'll be able to drop it i saw that with bernhard longer about 10 or 15 years ago uh he had one happen like that so the player still has responsibility to identify the golf ball if he can't identify the golf ball within three minutes it's lost and he's going to have to go back under the stroke and distance penalty what about video replay if you've got a rules official over there and video Mm -hmm. replay clearly shows that ball flying through the air, mm-hmm. and it, they see it in the tree, but they cannot identify it. It has to be identified in in, in some way, shape, or form. It, you know, I don't care how good the cameras are when it comes to a ball flying into a tree filled with 
branches and leaves, it's not going to catch every movement of that golf ball and where it stops mm-hmm. to say, okay, that's absolutely Trey's ball right there. Suffice it to say, if, if that tree can hold one golf ball, it can hold two or ten. What happens is you're still going to be responsible for identifying the golf ball. Now, he can't get assistance and say, hey, we're pretty sure it's about 16 feet up on this branch right here. Can you zoom in and see if you can spot it and tell us what it is? Yeah, and maybe they can, maybe they can't. I mean, but the player can use, you know, all means to identify the golf ball. I was going to say, you talked about the fact that a player could use a spectator's binoculars, sure. but what if there aren't any around? I know on the PGA Tour, you can have a range finder during the practice round, but you can't use them during the round. What if you still have mm-hmm. it in your bag and you get the range finder out to look to see because those are magnifiers mm-hmm. that you see that, okay, yes, that is my golf ball. Is that allowed? Did I stump you? Never had you? anyone ask me. Did yeah, I stump you? You didn't stump me. My my answer to that would be yes, you could do that. Because you're not measuring it's distance. It's not an abnormal device. It's essentially being used as a binocular. Uh, yeah, I think you're fine. Frankly, most of those uh, situations, the ball never gets identified. And right. especially now that we've dropped the search time from five minutes to three minutes, it's just so hard to identify them under those circumstances. You know, the best situation to say is, hey, I'm going to declare this ball unplayable and start shaking shaking branches. and Trying to get it down. Yeah, I mean, I saw a video the other day of a group of guys that ball got stuck in a tree and they're throwing clubs up there. And next thing you know, two clubs are stuck up there too. So, of course, you know, there, I'm sure there was at least $5 on the line. So it's worth throwing a, a $150 golf club <laughs> into a tree. Um, yeah, under the circumstances, the identification process still must be done by the player. Brad, there's your answer. If you have a question on the rules of golf, Adam is with us every week. Email us at fromtheshortgrass at gmail.com and we'll get it answered. That will do it for this edition of From the Short Grass. Thanks for joining us. I leave you with this famous quote. This comes from a St. Andrews Rotary Club member. The proper score for a businessman golfer is 90. If he is better than that, he is neglecting his business. If he's worse, he's neglecting his golf. I hope you have a great round the next time you are on the course and when you find your ball mark on the green, fix it and a couple of more. And I hope to see you from the short grass. You've been listening to From the Short Grass, a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf. This has been a presentation of the Buzz Radio Network.